0: On the field and inside the clubhouse, this is Brewers Extra Innings, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Matt Foley. That's a good win. Brewers
1: get the win today. They split the four-game series against St. Louis. Final score, 8-0 this is one of those games where the box score tells the story. Corbin Burns was fantastic. Seven shutout innings, two hits, eleven strikeouts, one walk, and then the Brewers bring out the power bats a bit. Jace Peterson, Rowdy Tellez, and how about Lorenzo Kane? All hitting home runs for kane A good day for him. He was three for four. Easily could have been four for four. His first hit was a hard hit ball uh, to the deep outfield. A good play was made uh, out in right field to make that catch. Lorenzo Kane jumps his Average by 20 points with the three hits today. And it was good to see him do that as the Brewers get the 8 nothing victory. Also, a bit of breaking news. We'll hear the uh, post-game comments of manager Craig Council later on uh, in the program. But he uh, spoke uh, to the media about 15 minutes ago. And he did confirm that Ethan Small is being called up. And that he will start one of the two games coming up tomorrow. It will be uh, Ethan Small in game number one and Aaron Ashby in game number two. So that has been confirmed by Craig Council. If you want to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Or you can tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Brewers get the win. We will hear from Vinny Rotino. We'll go back through the game with the highlights. We'll hear from Craig Council. We'll hear from you. We got a lot to do between now and 530. This is Brewers Extra Innings.
0: Brewers extra innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Brewers put three on the right side of the infield against Edmond, the one-two pitch, and he got him looking with a cutter on the outside part of the plate.
1: Brewers come up with the win, 8-0 in St. Louis. Brewers' extra trainings continuing here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pawley. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting the Acunet Mortgage Talk at text line 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pawley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. A text message from uh, at Brew Crew Scott. Has Tyrone Taylor done enough to earn everyday stats Status Right now, because Hunter Renfro is on the injured list, yes, when Renfro is back, uh, it's going to be a decision-making process on an everyday basis. Now, I continue to believe that Tyrone Taylor is giving you more offensively than Lorenzo Cain is, but I think Cain did remind us today what he is capable of. That being said, you've heard me say this a million times one day doesn't make a season, right? Like, wh- how does Kane follow this up? Was today the day that it all clicked for Kane and he's going to move forward and be a much more consistent hitter? Or was today somewhat of an anomaly and Kane's going to kind of fall back? I mean, Kane's still on the interstate. He's hitting 198. He hasn't even gotten to 200 uh, quite yet. So not going to crown him the National League batting champion because he had three hits today. But at the same time, uh, it was a it was a good first step for um for Lorenzo Kane absolutely uh, and, and it was good to see like he just needed that right he just needed that he was falling uh, so deep into um, a hole it's um it was it, yeah I just you, you feel he's he's been such an important member of this team and um it, you you almost felt Bad for him. And I know he's a Major League Baseball player. We don't need to feel bad for Major League Baseball players, but you kind of felt bad for him that uh, more wasn't coming around. So it was good to see uh, what he was able to do today. Doug texting in the program. Says, Corbin Burns is like a machine. So smooth. Sometimes makes these teams look like Little League players. And let's get on base Jace off the bench more. Get that average up a little and he'd be a very good leadoff hitter. He's producing more than Wong and he's playing a lot less. Colton Wong going to produce more than Jace Peterson at the end of the season. Doug, this is where you, are, this is where you and I disagree in in big ways. You are a what did somebody do for me lately, or what did somebody not do for me lately kind of guy, and I am a. What's the track record? What's the full season expectation? How you know? Do you have to? How long do you let somebody go through a slump before you start to do things? So, Doug, you and I have very, very different ways that we view uh, players based off their hot streaks versus off uh, the expectations of what they're going to do during the year. I don't say that to denigrate Jace Peterson. He is a very important player for this team, uh, especially now that uh, Willie Adams has been out. You've been able to put him. Uh, at third base with Luis Urias at shortstop. He does get on base. He's got a 304 on base percentage. You would like that batting average to be a little bit higher at 212. he He's got some pop. Uh, his OPS isn't bad. I would also say this, though. With the DH, there's, there's not really much of a difference between the number nine hitter and the number one hitter. Uh, the difference between those two spots is one at bat a game in most games. Um, and really when you, when you look at the, the nine spot, it's, it's almost like a secondary leadoff hitter in, in many ways when you have, uh, the DH. So I'm, I'm not overly concerned about that whatsoever. It's just, um, yeah, that's a, Right, like I, I, there's not much difference between uh, between the nine hitter and the one hitter when you don't have the uh, pitcher batter batting. Uh, Dennis asking because we always talk about the Corbin Burns cutter. asks uh, what is a cutter? So a cutter is it's a short that's short term uh, for just a cut fastball. Uh, the cut fastball it breaks towards the pitcher's glove hand side, if that makes any uh, difference. It's uh, the way it is thrown. It is thrown uh, with the top two fingers basically on the seams, um, and then the thumb comes underneath. Uh, it is a hard pitch to be able to throw. It is a very hard pitch to be able to uh, to throw, uh, but Corbin Burns is as good as anybody, but it's the break that's important about it. So that's what that's what uh, differentiates it from like a four-seam fastball. A, a cutter is breaking towards the pitcher's glove hand side as a result of the way that it is thrown. So that's the, um, it's a fastball with break. Like if we're really simplifying things down, it's, it's a fastball that's got some significant break to it. And uh, that's how that works out. All right, Vinny Rotino, former Brewer, Bally Sports Wisconsin analyst. He's going to join us coming up in just a moment or so. Brewers come up with a nice win. They win in St. Louis by an 8 nine. Nothing score. This is Brewers Extra Innings.
2: It's Brewers
0: Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ.
3: One two. There's a curveball in the dirt. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. The 500th career strikeout for Corbin Burns. Another milestone it feels like different guys are getting
1: milestones on an every week basis this year with this Brewers team. It's Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Bali. Eight nothing the final score. Let's bring in former Brewer Vinny Rotino, Bally Sports Wisconsin analyst. Vinny, the, the usage stuff on Corbin Burns today is really interesting to me because he throws his cutter almost sixty percent of the time, so better than one out of every two pitches is the cutter. That means if you if you're the Cardinals today. You can send every single one of your batters to the plate. You can tell them, sit cutter. They can be sitting cutter. They're going to be right about what they're sitting more than half the pitches, and and I assume they were doing something to that extent, and they still only get two hits.
2: I mean, yeah. I mean, that just goes to show how dominant that cutter is. It's the best pitch in baseball. Um, I would love to argue with anybody that says otherwise. And so case in point is the Nolan Gorman at bat where he comes up first time ever seeing Corbin Burns and he gets two Oh against Corbin Burns. And he ends up swinging in the dirt at cutters that are way below the zone. So I'm assuming early on in the at bat, he was taking pitches just waiting to see what this cutter was going to look like. And then late later in the at bat, he was three one swung over the top of a cutter that was, a good foot outside the zone and then strikes out on a three, two. So, I mean, my point in saying that is like, unless you've seen this guy multiple, multiple, multiple times, you just don't really know what it's going to do. And even if you have seen him that often, you're still going to be out because it's such a elite pitch. It's 94 with so much movement. All right. So if you are
1: going to sit on something on burns, what's the better approach, sit on the cutter because you know that's probably coming or sit on another pitch on the off chance that he throws it. And if he throws it, maybe that pitch is a little bit more hittable.
2: Yeah. I think you have to sit location. Believe it or not. I think you got to sit and see something middle, even though he doesn't ever really throw pitches in the middle. You got to see it, something kind of like thigh high, kind of look middle because if it's not there, then You just you got to take it because let's say it starts in off the plate or starts in on the inner third it's going to come run in off the uh, into your hands if you're a left handed hitter and break your bat. We've seen that a number of times. And so you got to sit middle and then look to almost go to right field, whether or not you're a left handed hitter or right handed hitter. But look, Matt, at the end of the day. (laughs) People are trying to figure out how to hit this guy, and I mean, I wouldn't know what to do. I mean, two hits, that's a really good lineup. Two hits, seven innings. They didn't hit many balls hard against him either, so uh, good luck.
1: Yeah, pitch count at 99. If it's later in the season and it's one, of the, and if it's a tight game, you would not be shocked to see him come out and, and allowed to go into the, you know, 115 range or so. But no need to do that in a in an eight nothing game, to be sure. But it just you've said this to me many times, Vinny. When 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 Burns is
2: out there, you have a chance to throw a no hitter every single time. It's it felt like that today. And look. At the end of the day, this guy's given up 8 home runs. He get, already this year. He's given up he gave up 7 last year. So he's already surpassed the amount of home runs that he gave up last year with 8. And the reason for that the reason for that is is because every once in a while this year it seems more than last year the pitch execution hasn't been there. And so you hitters are getting pitches in the middle of the plate to hit this year. Today, that was not the case. And like you said, he had a he had a chance to throw that, a no-hitter. I thought he was going to throw a perfect game, to be honest. That's how good he looked in the first three innings. And then he ended up walking Nolan Gorman, actually, in, that, in the fourth, his second at-bat, which I thought the umpire could have called that a strike. It was just below the zone. So uh, that's what kind of got it away from the no-hitter perfect game conversation, but um, he does have a chance to do that every time out. You got
1: to feel good for Lorenzo Cain. Three for four hits, home run. Could have easily had a four for four day. That first ball that went out to right field, that was a hard hit ball that a pretty good play was made on out in right field. So we could be talking about a four hit day. He raises his average 20 points with this one
2: performance. This was really, really a much needed day for him. Sometimes as a hitter, you're just, you're almost, your brain almost says, wait a minute, let's snap out of this. This is not acceptable. And I think that's, that's, you almost saw that from him in the box. Like He looked a little bit like his old self where he was aggressive with it, with balls that were within the zone. Um, he, he had really good at bats. The bat speed seemed to be even picking up. I thought his timing was just better, right? I, I didn't think he was as defensive at the plate. Sometimes your bat speed can look like it's slower if the ball is traveling too deep on you and you're fighting to get the barrel there. So I think that's been the case for Lorenzo Kane so far this year. Today, he looked great. He looked like he was on time. That's that's a tough pitcher, Miles Michaelis. I mean, he has been dominant so far this year. Look, he looked back, he looked like he was back to his 2018 form when he first got back into the league when he came over from Japan. So um Lokane looked really good. Hope that if you can get that kind of production from Lokane, and I'm not saying three for four every night, I'm just saying some semblance of of a productive hitter that's gonna be important for the Brewers going forward. You've talked a lot about his
1: bat speed, and when somebody's bat speed starts to slow down, you can shorten up the swing a little bit, but when you do that, you lose uh, as much potential to be able to, to drive the ball. Is there what, what can be done other than that to try to adjust bat speed,
2: especially as you so, get older? Yeah, the age curve is tough because you don't necessarily feel like you are losing bat speed. You don't feel like you're losing reaction time. I, I think it's not necessarily about losing the, the bat speed necessarily or the or the hand quickness. It's almost like reaction time, right? So your reaction time is just a tick delayed, especially if you're playing multiple days in a row. Your body just doesn't bounce back as easily. And, and, the, and that reaction time is just, a, just I'm talking, milliseconds slower, a of milliseconds slower, and then that can affect your bat speed. Like I said, if the ball is traveling just a little bit further on you and hitting it is harder now more than ever because of the stuff that's coming out of the, the bullpens and these starting pitchers, that you, if you're late, then – Again, you're going to be dragging that bat, trying to get the barrel there, rather than that flowy swing that we're so used to seeing from a low Kane.
1: Um, they hit the three home runs today, uh, in addition to Kane, Tellez, and Peterson. Like, what I'm about to say is true for a lot of teams in baseball. This is not a Brewer-specific thing, but its it, it, we're, we're living in a world right now where if you hit home runs, you win games. If you don't hit home runs, you don't
2: win games. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I get what you're saying there. I mean, um, look, at the end of the day, I think uh, I'll do I'll do my best Craig Council impression on this question. Like, I'd rather hit home runs than not hit home runs. So so, um, I, I it's a good sign that. You know, when you take a good swing, you barrel it up, and you get rewarded for a homer, I think that that's the key. Now, the key for the Brewers, I think, is to continue to try and have quality at-bats so they're not just mowed down by starting pitchers, which we've seen that a lot this year. In fact, like, you could argue that the Cardinals even go through stuff like that. All teams do go through that. Um It seems like it happens less with teams like the Cardinals with such a dangerous and a potent middle of the the lineup there with a Goldschmidt. Like, There's certain bats that need to be in your lineup. I call them lineup anchors that just kind of need to be consistent with that they're that danger in the middle of the order for the uh, opposing pitchers. I think it's a big deal that Rowdy Tellez is that for them. I think with the Brewers, I personally think that Rowdy Telez can be that and has shown that he has been that for the Brewers. However, with Willie Damas out, With Hunter Renfro out, he doesn't have that protection in the lineup. And I thought that we saw a little bit lesser version of Rowdy Telez since those guys have been out just because there hasn't been as many guys on base and they don't offer that protection. So it is a team effort, but you need to have a few guys in the middle there to do that.
1: Ethan Small is going to make his big league debut tomorrow. It's really cool. Aaron Ashby and Ethan Ash- and, uh, and Ethan Small are the two pitchers tomorrow. It's like the future of Brewers pitching are the two pitchers tomorrow from an illustration standpoint. It's, it's a cool thing. Small has just jumped through the system. He debuted in 2019. Of course, 2020, there was no minor leagues. I know he was at the alternate site, but uh, I think development was stalled for a lot of players that year because there was no minor leagues. But he's just, he has dominated at every single level. He's got a sub-2 ERA at every level that he's pitched at, and now he's going to make his big league debut tomorrow.
2: Yeah, you know, when you take a look at this guy on video, and I did see him pitch live coming out of the draft for Mississippi State's first-rounder, 29th pick overall, you know, it, it's funky. It is It is uh, not a comfortable at-bat for you know, lefties or right-handed hitters. And it's a fastball that's deceptive. It jumps on hitters. It's a low release point, so it does. It, it, it's, it's that low release point is it's significant, and it, there's good extension as well. It's significant because that's similar to what Freddie Peralta does, and it's it's a different look for hitters when it is such a low and wide release point with extension, meaning he's releasing it further out in front. And so there's this deception factor. And then this guy's got, he's only given up 22 hits. You know, you see the low ERA, but the fact that he's only given up 22 hits in 38 innings, that's incredible. That's such a low number and only one home run. He does throw a changeup a lot, and he's only given up the one home run. So that's good because that changeup isn't getting barreled up very often at all. So the 49 strikeouts as well. So I am excited to see him pitch tomorrow to make his Major League debut.
1: Everything I haven't seen him pitch live, everything I read on him, though, is that that fastball and that changeup, you can't really, as a hitter, you cannot tell that's the changeup coming until it's too late. Yep,
2: and there's been a lot of guys in the history of the game that have had a, had a lot of success, especially from the left side, that throw fastball changeup primarily, right? I mean, you can go up and down over the years as, as to how many guys have had a lot of su- success doing that, and Ethan Small has a really deceptive fastball to go with it. So, again, this is uh, this is going to be exciting to watch tomorrow. All right, Vinny, great stuff as always. We've got two, uh, two games
1: coming up tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun on a holiday. Thanks, as always, for your time. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Talk to you later. Awesome. There's uh, Vinny Rutino joining us here on Brewers Extra Innings. Again, if you want to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620 or by tweeting at me at Matt Polly on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, a, t- a tweet coming in when I should have said this asked this before. I took Vinny off the line. Uh, when Vinny says it's the best pitch in baseball, does he mean the cutter in general because it's so hard to throw or specifically Burns' cutter? I'm speaking for Vinny here, but he is speaking specifically about Corbin Burns' cutter being the single best pitch in baseball, not just the cutter in general, but Burns' cutter. I, if Vinny is still listening, he can correct me, but based off the conversations I've had with him, I believe that
0: to be correct.
1: The news in two minutes. We're back with the postgame comments of manager Craig Council after that here on WTMJ.
0: It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Falling.
1: Brewers get an 8-0 win, knocking off the Cardinals today. Corbin Burns was really, really good. Seven innings, two hits, 11 strikeouts, one walk. Does not give up a run earned or otherwise. And manager Craig Council opening up his postgame thoughts discussed just how good Burns was.
4: Well, he pitched really well. I mean, he pitches well a lot, so he obviously pitched pitched really well. Um, I mean, he had a lot of. I thought his cutter was moving a lot, had a lot of like horizontal movement on. You could just tell by the backdoor pitches he made and got takes, and then. the lefties kind of swung over it, and then his slider was good today too. His slider got some got some outs and slowed hitters down. So, I mean, it, it just it's a big time performance when we need it going into tomorrow, um, seven innings, and then against the team that's obviously we're going to be in competition with um, all year long. So it's it's a, it's a great performance and well timed and not just the strikeouts but
0: it felt like a lot of the outs were three pitches or
4: less it was yeah really efficient yeah i mean he was i mean i think that's just a sign he was kind of locked in there was no you know when corbin's close with pitches he's going to get some swings too uh, but he was ahead in the count um you know the, the takes were because he made quality pitches early in the count um and so he just had a lot of work on today
2: so many guys in the bottom
1: of the order had great days offensively. Omar, Lowe at the top of the list. And to get
4: production from those guys is. Yeah, it was the bottom of the lineup today that, that did a heck of a job. Um, you know, Omar, Lowe, and, and Jace probably had the big hit of the game. Um, but those those three guys, you know, they were the offense today for sure. Um, did, did a heck of a job.
3: How big would it be to get Omar going and get a really good series offensively?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think I, I, Omar's having a good season. Um, he, he's, he's having a nice season. He's doing well. Um, he's, he's doing his he's doing his thing, I think. And, um, I mean, I think he's capable of this. And there's, there's days when he's going to be a big offensive contributor, and, and today was one of those days. When you
3: guys are in a schedule stretch like you're in right now, what's the importance of getting as much rest as you got for Hader and Williams and Boxer this
4: week? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, – just going into this, you know, we got a, you know, eight games in seven days a week, um, and we're, you know, we've played ten in a row, I think. Um, so, rest helps all these guys. We know they st- we know they got, you know, eight busy, day- seven busy days here of work, um, and-, and we got them going into it. A- you know our big relievers going into a series, um, fresh and ready to go, and they're all gonna, they're going to have to pitch. Tomorrow's the day where you know you're you're probably likely to
3: see everybody. Can you share your plans for tomorrow? Who will start? Yeah,
4: uh, Ethan Small will start game one, um, and Aaron Ashby will start game two.
3: Ethan's a guy that everybody's been talking about all season long, and rightfully so. Um, you know what? What can you tell us about him? And
4: yeah, look, he's performed. I mean that's 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 the deal with Ethan. He just he just keeps getting people out. Um, and so he, he's earned this. Um, so it's it's a you know, you you love when a guy gets an opportunity that he's earned and, and Ethan certainly has. Kind of a look at the future of the pitching for this franchise tomorrow, huh? sounds like well the future's tomorrow, so I mean that's that's as far as we're gonna get ahead of. Yeah, I mean, we don't. Have to, uh, tomorrow's not going to make a statement about the future. Tomorrow's just have a good day tomorrow and help us get a win.
1: That's Manager Craig Council, Ethan Small tomorrow. It's going to be uh, fun to see. We'll talk more about that at the end of the program. But up next, the highlights. We'll go back through this one. Brewers get the eight nothing win in St. Louis on
0: WTMJ. Ready for this? Fly ball. This deep right and this third deck. Holy smokes! Time for tonight's highlights. Here's
1: Matt Foley. Brewers knock off the Cardinals pitching matchup. Corbin Burns against Miles Michaelis, and it would be the Brewers to strike first. It happens in the top of the second inning with two outs. It's Tyrone Taylor
0: at the plate. Here's a line drive into left field. Base hit for Tyrone Taylor. So Taylor with his fourth hit of the series, and it's a two-out single, the first base runner of this game for either team. A lot of time, you don't get much out of a two-out base
1: hit with nobody aboard. Not this time. Next hitter, Omar Narvaez. 2-1
0: pitch. Line down the right field line. That is a fair ball. Going to roll all the way into the corner for Narvaez. Tyrone Taylor around third. He's headed for home. No throw to the plate. Omar Narvaez with an RBI double gives the Brewers a 1-0 lead here in the top of the second. Corbin
1: Burns follows that up with a uh, shutdown inning, gets uh, Juan Yepes to a ground out, he strikes out Brendan Donovan and then he faces off against Corey Dickerson. 2-2,
0: little looper into shallow right, racing out there is Colton Wong, he makes the catch in shallow right, almost into foul territory, it was in fair territory, but tremendous range by Brewers second baseman Colton Wong. Burns keeps doing Corbin Burns-like things in the third inning, gets Andrew
1: Kenzer to strike out, Lars Newtbar to ground out, and the final hitter of the inning is
3: Edmundo Sosa. Burns hoping to strike him out quickly. Always from the stretch, right-handers 0-2. He did strike him out quickly. Slider in the dirt, swinging over the top is Sosa. Got him for the second strikeout of the inning and the fifth of the outing already for Burns. He has been dazzling through three. The Brewers had another
1: opportunity to score in the fourth inning, and again, it all happens with two outs. Christian Yelich and Andrew McCutcheon strike out for the first two outs, but then Rowdy Telez gets a two-out
3: single, and it brings up Tyrone Taylor. Taylor swinging a line drive into the gap in right center field. An open spot. It hits. It rolls to the grass. And now right on the edge of the warning track picked up by Donovan. Jason Lane is waving around telez Relay to the plate has him beat. Tag applied by Kisner. And Telez is tagged out at home. Let the
1: record show, I've got no problem with that send as there's two outs in that situation. You're, you need a, uh, a great play made defensively. You force the issue. The Cardinals uh, pull it off, a strike home, uh, and the Brewers have the runner thrown out to end things in the top of the fourth. In the bottom of the fourth inning, the first batter that Corbin Burns faces is
3: Tommy Edmond. One, two. There's curveball in the dirt. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. The 500th career strikeout for Corbin Burns.
1: Yeah, nice milestone there for Burns. He then faces Nolan Gorman. Gorman gets the walk, so that's the first base runner of the day for St. Louis. After a Paul Goldschmidt
3: strikeout, Juan Yepes does this. Yepes has some good pop, right-handed hitter, 0-1, swinging a line drive into the corner and left field, that's going to fall for a base hit, McCutcheon over to cut it off on the warning track, he'll throw it back in in time to hold Nolan Gorman at third base, good play by McCutcheon, it'll be a double for Juan Yepes, and the Cardinals have their first hit of the day to put runners on second and third with two out in the inning. But the Cardinals can't do anything
1: with it, next hitter is Brendan Donovan.
3: 2 2 pitch, swinging a high fly ball to left field. McCutcheon coming in with a play. He is there near the line and in medium depth reaches up to make the catch that retires the side. Big out for Corbin Burns as Donovan flies to left. The Brewers get some breathing room in the
1: top of the fifth inning. The inning gets going with an Omar Nervaez walk, then Lorenzo Kane singles.
0: Runners on at first and second for Jace Peterson. Michaelis, the pitch, and Peterson, a high drive to right field. Back on it is Donovan, at the track, at the wall. Bye-bye baseball! Jace Peterson with a three-run blast here in the fifth. And the Brewers lead it four to nothing. And then they would add
1: on in the sixth inning with one out, it's Rowdy Telez at the plate.
0: One-two pitch, high fly, deep right field. Donovan going back and we will watch it fly out of here. Telez just backspun that one out of here to right for his 10th home run of the season. And they were not done with two outs. It's Omar Narvaez at the plate. Here's the first pitch to Narvaez. And Omar with a little line drive into right. That is going to drop and get under the glove of Donovan. And now it's going to roll all the way to the wall. This could be three for Omar Narvaez. He turns second, and he's going to motor into third, standing up with a triple. And that allows Lorenzo Kane to drive him in. Michaelis, the 2-2 pitch. Kane, ground ball, back up the middle. Glove by Edmonds, spins, throws to first, and it's wide of the bag. Narvaez will score. Kane safe at first, and the Brewers lead it 6-0. They do
1: rule that a base hit, and rightfully so. So 6-0 the score after the Brewers scored two runs in the sixth inning. Miles Michaelis, by the way, would be done after that hit as T.J. McFarland would come in to pitch for St. Louis. Corbin Burns still pitching for the Brewers in the bottom of the sixth inning. He strikes out Tommy Edmond, but then Edmund
0: is able to reach first on a wild pitch. Next hitter after that is Nolan Gorman. Burns with the 2-2 pitch, and he got him looking with a cutter. Strikeout number 10 for Corbin Burns and he has been dealing all afternoon long.
1: Yeah, he has Burns back into a double-digit strikeouts. The Cardinals would strand the runner there in the sixth inning. It remains a 6 nothing game. Burns back out for his seventh inning of work. He gets Brendan Donovan to ground out
3: and then it's Corey Dickerson at the plate. One out, 3-2 and two the count on Dickerson. Burns heads his side. The right-hander throws. And he peats the outside corner with a cutter for strikeout number 11. Got him looking. Dickerson unable to pull the trigger.
1: Yeah, 11 strikeouts for Burns. Andrew Kenzer would pop out. That would end things in the seventh, and that would end the day for Burns. Seven shutout innings. In the top of the eighth inning, Brewers get on the board again. After a Rowdy a strikeout, Nick Whitgren comes on to pitch, gets Tyrone Taylor to fly out, but then he faces Omar Narvaez.
0: Narvaez to a pitch, and he hits it the other way. That's a base hit. Down the left field line. Omar, big turn at first. Thinking about two. Now he puts the brakes on and he wisely retreats to the first base bag.
1: Nice day for Narvaez. He had three hits, and the guy we've been talking about who also had a nice day, Lorenzo Kane.
0: And Lorenzo pretty good about pushing the ball through that right side on the ground. Instead he launches one high and deep to left. Back on it is Yepes at the track. It is gone. Lorenzo Kane with his first home run of the season and the Brewers on top 8 to nothing. Had to feel
1: good for Kane to hit that home run. A three-hit day for Kane. 8 nothing. the score. Hobie Milner puts up a zero in the eighth inning, and Brent Suter comes on to pitch the ninth. He uh, gives up a base hit to Paul Goldschmidt, so Goldschmidt does extend his hitting streak with that leadoff single in the ninth inning. After a one yep flyout, Brendan Donovan
0: is standing in. 2-1 pitch. Ground ball to second, Long spins, throws to second for one, back to first in time! A 4-6-3 double play, and it was not a routine one whatsoever.
1: No, it wasn't, in fact, it went to review, but they do not overturn it. It was a good double play that ends the game. The Brewers win eight-nothing, they go to 30 and 18. The Cardinals, they drop to 26 and 21, winning totals for the crew. Eight runs, 13 hits, no errors, they leave five. For St. Louis, no runs, four hits, no airs. They also leave five. Winning pitcher Corbin Burns, he's three and two. Miles Michaelis, the loss, he is three and three. Home runs, Jace Peterson his fourth, Rowdy Telez his tenth, Lorenzo Kane his first. The game lasting two hours and 48 minutes. Played in front of a good crowd of 44,169 folks at Bush Stadium in St. Louis. 8 nothing, the final score. Brewers get the win in St. Louis. We'll come back. We'll preview the doubleheader in Chicago tomorrow, get you some scores from around baseball, and call tonight.
0: That's up next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ.
1: A few minutes left in this edition of Brewers' X Turnings here on WTMJ. Brewers an eight nothing win in St. Louis. Solid win. They split the four game series. It's going to be fun every time these two teams match up this year, and I really do believe that it's going to be a battle between these two teams all the way down the stretch of the season. Let's go ahead and get you some scores from around the NL Central. Cubs go to 12 innings. So the Cubs play a 12-inning game the day before they play a doubleheader. I'm sure that's not exactly something they were looking for. They end up uh, losing to the White Sox by a 5-4 score Cubs ended up using four pitchers out of their bullpen. Um, So yeah, in a a tight game where the Brewers today uh, they used two pitchers out of the bullpen, and they're not really high leverage guys. So maybe that's an advantage for the Brewers going into tomorrow. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. We'll see how it all plays out. The uh, Reds they fall to the Giants today by a six-four score. And then the Pirates are in action right now. They're currently in the top of the eighth inning. Pirates and Padres in San Diego. That game is all even at two runs a peach. Rosani Contreras getting the start for the Pirates. Five innings, two runs on five hits, three strikeouts and one walk. Around the Brewers minor league system all eyes on Low A Carolina where Willie Adamas opens up his rehab assignment. He was the designated hitter today and he does hit a home run and now he is going to head to Durham, North Carolina to join the Nashville Sounds at AAA as Nashville will be on the road against Durham over the next few days. We can expect to see Adamas back with the Brewers when the team gets home uh, later on this week after their series in Chicago. High A Wisconsin, they win at Cedar Rapids today, 6-4 the final as the Timber Rattlers go to 28-17 and 17 with that victory. Double A Biloxi at home today, not going well in the early going. They trail 3-0. That game is in the bottom of the first inning and in the top of the second, Nashville leads at Toledo by a one-nothing score as that game is just underway as well. Again, the Brewers today they do pick up the eight-nothing win against St. Louis, so that's a solid win today uh, for the Brewers. Most strikeouts are the first ten games of the season in Brewers history. Corbin Burns at ninety-four is uh, number one. On that list, and uh, this is the third largest Brewer shutout in St. Louis Uh, in 2008. They had a 12-0 win in 1982. They had a 10-0 win, and they win by an 8-0 score. Uh, Corbin Burns, by the way, is now one behind Brandon Woodruff for the most game with two or less hits allowed and ten or more strikeouts. Woodruff has done that seven separate times. Corbin Burns has done that six. He is tied with Freddie Peralta on that list. Uh, Brewers 8 and 9 hitters each having 2 hits and 3 RBIs in the same game it is just the 3rd time in club history that that has uh, happened so that's a pretty um, let's see Kevin Seitzer and Scott Fletcher did it in 1992 uh, Joey Meyer and Charlie O'Brien did it in 1989 so that hasn't happened very often tomorrow the Brewers are going to play a double header they are going to match up against the Cubs this is going to be fun Ethan Small, who is one of the top prospects in the organization, will make his major league debut. He has dominated the minor leagues. He will start game one of uh, the series tomorrow. That's a 12.05 first pitch coverage at 11.30. And then Aaron Ashby will start game two, 6.40 first pitch, 6.05 for pregame. We will have Brewers extra innings after each game tomorrow. So a double dose of Brewers extra innings tomorrow. So I really look forward to talking to you for a whole lot of baseball tomorrow here on WTMJ.